Hold on for a second. We're going to share this over here. New method. There we go. <laughs> Forcing you to watch on our page. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rising. Oh, my not. I'm on my other podcast. Oh, my goodness. Straight Couch Talk Podcast. If you want to watch my other one, it's Rising Warriors, Rachel Coulet. <laughs> and then, um, uh, Oh my goodness, I'm freezing. Warrior mindset and motivation couch talk. Wow. Okay, it's been a long day. My brain is fried for some reason. Okay. All right. Um, so we are going to be talking about understanding the past and how I kind of came up uh, or we came up on this topic was um the other night we were talking about the previous podcast that we just did um talking about cutting cords and relationships and um kind of like what would have happened or what kind of what where the road could have gone if i had not uh been honest and upfront with Eric from the beginning of my previous relationship going into this relationship and how uh, there was different points throughout the relationship of um, my ex coming back into my life and contact that if I had not been open and honest with my relationship um, it could have really uh I don't know, we probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Um, it, it, you just, just never know where that road could have gone and the insecurities that would have come um, and different things. So we started talking about how it's important, how we found it was really important from the beginning to be upfront with past relationships and through traumas and things like that. Um, and being able to work with those things. Yeah, um, I think it was for it was uh, really a key important thing because even for where my situation wasn't like Rachel's, it was still kind of the same because I still had to be open with, you know, going through the divorce process and then uh, being in a relationship after that before I was a Rachel and that was a whole chaotic thing there towards the end um and I had to be up front with that stuff too because that's that's part of the story that's part of it's part of your story whether it's good or bad and in order for, I think in order for your significant other to understand why you act the way you do or why you think the way you do because there's stuff that happened previously. You don't act that way for any reason. Uh, even something as simple, I don't know if we talked about it in the last one, but like in, for me, like in a text message, when I get, when I would get the, when someone would say, okay, she would just put K, like the letter K. And that's for her thing, that's a quick, 
thing they gave she's busy but like for me like the, the that was like from past relationships that was more like a okay i hear you but whatever or i don't want to talk or something so i was kind of like trying to work through that and yeah. i had to bring that up like right away so i just didn't let it fester because then that that small little thing could have turned into something huge later on when it would it making a big deal out of something that really wouldn't be a big deal and if you if you talk about these things in the beginning one or two things are going to happen either the person you are talking to about with your stuff is either going to say hey nope i'm good or they'll say okay you know what let's let's work through this because now you're putting it all out there and that's why we have this label that's understanding the past because you have to understand their past if you choose to you don't have to but if you choose to then you need to go ahead and and hop on that on that train and and work through it and if it's too much you have to disengage in a respectful way and not just look for a way out by causing a fight or poking and probing at a fight or arguing till whatever time in the morning just to try to get an out that's not going to work um so you just need to be up front with it out in the open so that way then you can see okay this is what happens this is what i did before this is why and then if you guys talk about it like talk about it not over talk or argue or who's trying to be more right or it turns into a pissing contest that's not what i'm saying it's active listening i talk she listens then she responds i say nothing and that's hard for people because they want to be heard but you need to shut your mouth and let the other person talk so that way then it can be an active healthy flow of communication and conversation and that thing is active listening so it's like you repeat back the last thing she said oh i i hear what you're saying about this and then you go into your thing whatever you're going to respond with but with no bashing just trying to reach like that common middle ground that that plane of okay this is this is what the core of the issue is and don't sidetrack sidetrack is is always happens it happened in my previous relationships it happened with rachel's and next thing you know you're sidetracked so far, you're not even talking about the core issue anymore because you're too busy trying to go, oh, this, and now you're trying to one-up each other when really if you would have just stayed on topic and stayed on task with what you were talking about, then that could be resolved in like 10, 15 minutes. But then you say, oh, but you did this in this day. And then two years ago, you did this. And I'm still hurt from this. Well, you didn't bring it up at that time. So how was I supposed to know? And now you want to bring it up now because it's an opportune time for you because there is now a potential argument when that could have been nipped in the butt in the beginning. And that's why we're doing it now. Right. So in the beginning, I I remember I was telling him, I remember um, saying that in order for things to really work, that you ha we have to be able to openly talk about our past relationships and not meaning like, oh, you have to tell me everything. It's more of like hearing your story because we all have our own stories. And the older you get, the more relationships you've been in or um, marriages. So those, you know, that really becomes part of your story. And if you can't talk about it, then what are you just gonna be living in high school and in middle school? or college before, you know, you got, you ever had a real relationship and live in that time where uh, you can't really talk about things. And, and I remember um, in past relationships, you know, there was times that I 
like for instance, uh, what's coming to mind as an example is I was raped um, when I was in middle school. And so every year around Christmas, I would have really bad PTSD and each relationship that I had been in, um, you know, they understood, but at the same time, they kind of like dismissed it in a way. And there could have been ways that, um, you know, with maturity as well, but uh, there could have been ways that they could have helped me in a different way um, heal through those moments instead of uh, causing more trauma in those moments and adding to it and adding to chaos. So not only that, then you tell them a part of your story and all of a sudden years goes by and you tell them, you know, a mistake that you did, but then all of a sudden something happens years down the road and a mistake that you made, you know, 10 years before they even knew you is somehow being held over your head. So then it does make you afraid to be able to talk about your um, past relationships. So then going into relationships, you have this fear of not being able to talk about past relationships because you don't know how you're going to be treated. But I had to go into this relationship with the, excuse my language, but the, I don't give a fuck mode, meaning that either uh, you can, you know, respectfully accept and, you know, take my story and my past and these things or res respectfully just walk away and there's no hard feelings. It's just, um, it's not meant to be then. And it's just maturity and, you know, part of being an adult, a healthy one, you know, it's like sometimes our stories are too much for people to handle and, you know, it's don't take offense to it. Sometimes our stories are just too much for people to handle and it's okay, but it's better than going down a unhealthy relationship with someone that really can't handle it. That ends up staying longer because um, they feel bad if they leave you or, you know, there's some type of tie or attachment in a sort of wanting to save the person and you end up forgetting yourself. So it goes down this whole cycle of unhealthy things that, um, uh, Eric and I have both gone through. And so in the beginning, I told him that, you know, it, it was going to be important that we talk about these things and be able to talk about these things in a safe and healthy way without and creating a safe space so that we both knew that we could be vulnerable in talking about our past traumas and by being able to pass uh, talk about our past traumas in our past relationships and our both of our previous marriages then we were able to start to um, like love each other in a different way, understand each other in a different way, um, starting to really more like understand each other's love language, um, uh, triggers even, you know, and how, how we work through those triggers and um, by being able to, talk about past traumas then when certain things come up then we're able to on the outside recognize and go hey no 
this you're you know you're going off of old habit and you know then you're able to remind them that this isn't that situation and I'm not that person and you know cool down a little bit and let's talk about this in a different way then things start uh, to become more healthy and so it's like for instance even um like another one that's coming into my mind was my ex-husband he raped me when I was sleeping and uh so when we first started like actually like sleeping next to each other um I had this like defense mechanism that would happen that if he went to try to uh, cuddle with me while I was sleeping I would instantly flinch and I would go back into this PTSD mode of a fight or flight and I'd get ready to like throw fists and that um so I hadn't really you know slept next to someone for several years and that last person was my ex-husband that was raping me in my sleep so my body sleeping next to somebody that was unfamiliar in a sense you know I would go into this like PTSD shock mode and so he he realized he's the one that told me what was that I was uh you went to hold me and I flinched mm -hmm. or I brushed you away or something yeah, he like turned and went like like that and I was like well okay like all right cool <laughs> yeah so he he talked about it but see that's the thing is that he could have not talked about it and just you know festered over it and not addressed anything about it but instead he's like what's going on you know you did this and uh what's happening here so from there, I was able to go, okay, so this is what happened in, you know, my previous marriage. And um, apparently my body's in fight or flight mode from all of this trauma and having to constantly sleep with one eye open for eight years and not ever really getting sleep. So I was constantly like living in this like war mode of you never knew what was going to happen um you never knew at any moment of time if you were going to get ripped out of bed and have to go into this like literal fight fist fight um so we ended up having to figure out different ways to um work around that and it took some time and it took patience and I had to tell him you know you gotta you have to just be patient with me and we'll we'll figure this out so over time it didn't take very long but I was trying to like revert back into almost this like childlike mind and I'm like what's something that from my childhood or something that my mom would have done or my grandma would have done or still even as an adult um, that is like a safe place that would make that only they would do. So my body would react and know that only somebody that, you know, was like of my grandmother or my mom or, you know, that, uh, that love, um, my body would know that, it was safe. 
So that was touching my hair, that was touching my face. And I told him, so just come up to me and just like touch my head. And, you know, just, just, just let me know that, you know, here, because that's only what my grandma and my mom would do is, is, you know, they touch my face. And so he said that, um, what you did that. And then instantly I just like took this big breath and I sighed. And then after that, you were able to like hold me while I was sleeping without Mm me, um, jolting and hitting him. So, (laughs) so, you know, but if I weren't able to talk about that, you know, my previous marriage and, and that, then we wouldn't have been able to work through that. And that right there could have been, uh, you know, problems from the get go. Um, you know, he's a war veteran. So that alone right there has a whole nother level of, uh, PTSD, you know, triggers and things like that. So, but the fortunate thing is that I know how to work with veterans. Mm -hmm. So I was able to really with like your triggers and your traumas and things like that, um, able to help you on that aspect of working through those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And what one thing too, when uh, that you were saying is you had a choice to tell me too. I mean, you could have not said nothing. You know, there, there, was a, there was a choice there at, at that moment when I said, hey, what's going on here with your sleep? That right there is a critical, it's a, it's a choice of trust and, the, and it's that being vulnerable and open, you know, that's, that's, that's a huge thing. Because like you said, it could have went a different way, but that's where you have to, if you're really trying to make, not even really trying to make a relationship work, but if you want a strong, healthy one, that there was a choice there to be made. And she chose to tell me so we can work through it. And even like with mine, she knows how to like uh, simmer my stuff down. I mean, it hasn't really been as bad lately being with all the stuff that's happening, not really a point to go outside, which is good for me. Uh, But even when I watch certain things on movies or shows, like she'll be right there and she just knows that there's certain things that she does to kind of just keep me grounded and keep me just, uh, here because of certain experiences i hadn't i talk about them i haven't i mean there's some i'm sure there's some i haven't talked about yet and it's not like it's on purpose it's just it hasn't surfaced and when it comes to understanding the past it's not like so if something comes up that you did a while ago but it just hasn't had a chance to come up it's not like you're hiding it unless you're deliberately hiding it but if it just if if a situation happens and you can tie it to something that happened you're still bringing it up at the moment that it happened. You're even if it's like a year later, two years later, and the, but that unique situation happens. You talk about it right then and there. You can say, "Hey, look, I had this happen at this time, however X years ago." But it's not like you were holding it hidden for two years. It's just that situation never happened, so it's not gonna come up. Excuse me, it's not gonna. It's not just gonna come up and like, "Oh, hey, by the way, this happened over here," but nothing's going on. So it's like it's just it's just when those situations arise and you can tie them to something on a reaction, then you should do so and talk about it like right then and there. Uh, And if you need to, like, take a pause and then reengage, you know, do that, too. But don't like pause and then don't come back because then that's just just unfinished business. And you want to make sure you always close the loop on all of those things that you talk about. You don't ever want to leave nothing open before you go to bed. That's personally. 
because then now you're sleeping with that and you're waking up with that and then life gets busy and now when you were supposed to finish it it's not finished no more and now it's the next day and the next day and the next day and now you got week month years now something that could have been handled in what 30 minutes 40 minutes now you're handling it three four years later in huge argument over what over you don't even know because it just sat there and it festered like a volcano and then it exploded mm-hmm. <laughs> so true <laughs> i always use the analogy with my ex um with the cups and i would i actually one time i i grabbed a bunch of cups empty cups and because we just kept arguing but i was just so done with arguing and at that point there was just so much crap that there was like you you couldn't even you didn't even know where to start (laughs) and so i grabbed a a tray and i put all these cups on there and i grabbed water and i started just pouring water and i started talking about every single thing that was going on and what i was mad about what had happened uh, all the miscommunications and before you know it um all of the cups were full and they were just like overpouring and then before you know it the whole thing's overpouring mm-hmm. and by that point i looked at him and i said Don't, this is what i'm telling you is that you have literally not solved any of our problems that now all of these cups are completely full and i literally i, I can't like I, I, there's nowhere to start there. It's by that point it's unfixable. And mm-hmm. there's just, there was just so much at that point was like, it, the, we can't solve this because one thing led to another, led to another, led to another, led to another. And I would always tell him, you know, every night we need to talk about this before. No. And then he would wake up in the morning and try to act like, you know, all was forgotten and, it the problem wasn't there anymore, mm-hmm. but on my end, the problem was still there and it never got fixed and it never got resolved. And I was always taught to resolve things and talk things. And when you have problems, you know, talk it out, sit it out. And, um, like when we had arguments as kids, my mom would make my brother and I sit there <laughs> until we were hugging and best <laughs> friends again. Like, so we, I had to learn how to like sit and talk things out. So it also, it, bugged me you know not not being able to talk about things and it just festering like that so but it's not only that it's like going back to like the beginning of like the relationship you know he still was um going through the separation part and not really the divorce papers hadn't really been um put in yet so it was even more important that we be open and communicating and things like that. And I had a crazy narcissistic uh, ex-husband and um, he had two daughters with two different moms. And so I, in my marriage, I, I dealt with two moms, two daughters, two stepdaughters, and they were all narcissists. Um, and manipulators and just crazy so going going into this uh just 
hearing certain things about his ex and then um today for some reason like the there's this conversation this image just kept keeps popping popping up in my head today and it was one time when we were driving and we were going up the zoo hill and she kept calling you over and over and you finally answered and she just started going off about stuff that had happened like two years prior to that point. Mm -hmm. And she was like rambling over and over about stuff that had already happened that didn't apply to your guys's kids or anything. But then she would somehow like loophole the kids in, into the conversation so that it still somehow made it you know a part of the kids so that you know it was okay to talk about it but then you were trying to shut it down and I just kept listening to her talk to you and every time you would try to say something she would over speak and she would talk over you gaslight you shut you down so that you couldn't even speak anything then she started you know wishing death on you and wishing all of these these things and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh my goodness, this sounds like my ex-husband. Like this, I, okay, this is who we're dealing with. All right, okay. Now this is even more important that we talk about each other's past because um, people like this means that she's going to do something to try to sabotage our relationship down the road. So it's better that you come clean and talk about all of the things that she could possibly try to come and talk to me about and try to play some manipulation game because I've had people do this to me in the past where they were so hung up on the ex and that uh, they would try to come in and play these mind games and they would try to come up with these paths and these lies or these manipulations and try to split the marriage but because with my previous we didn't have that that bond and we didn't have that closeness and um that communication so it worked so it it allowed that the other the exes to come into that situation and start to sabotage the situation because we did not have a strong bond and uh we he did not have my six i had his but he did not have mine in the moment that they would try to come at me and argue with me or something he would instead of being on my side he was on their side and he or he would just stand off to the side and he would but he kind of enjoyed he like enjoyed it it was sick so I knew that going into this with that I'm like seeing all of these things from my ex and my past I'm like okay Ben I've been down this road uh I know this type I, I know this type I've seen many uh my mom's friends you know have um ex-husbands that were like this and do this type of thing and I've also seen women do this type of thing um so I'm like all right even more skeletons mm -hmm. what's in the closet <laughs> like what do you got because eventually she's gonna try to come down the road and um try to bring something up from your past that you did to try to get us to to sabotage our relationship which she did. 
several, several times. And even to the point where um, she stalked me and, and somehow, I don't know, some Hawaii number. Yeah. And then tagged someone else into the text message or something. I don't even know who that number was. I think it was your ex-girlfriend or not girlfriend, but. No, I think yeah. it, was, it was my daughter's number. It was like there were two 808 numbers or something like that. I knew them both. One was her. I think one was her old number and then one was my daughter's phone number, I think. I don't know. Anyways, like but that. she, she, the day happened. It ended up happening um, where she, I got this, I started getting all these random phone calls. I didn't, mm -hmm. I don't answer phone numbers. I don't know. And if you don't leave a voicemail, I'm not calling you back. And she didn't do either of that. And she kept calling uh, from an unknown blocked number. And then finally I got blast full of all of these text messages. Um, talking about all of the stuff that he had done and just loopholing all of this stuff and just sabotaging. And not only that, she didn't realize that Eric was right there with me. She didn't also realize that Eric had already told me everything that she was trying to tell me, but then she was also trying to flip things and flip the story and, you know, sugarcoat it on her end and make it about, Oh, trying to, patch things so were good for the kids but the kids weren't even mentioned at all in any of the messages it was just everything i did yeah and then also try to prove a point that she's the mother um i think that's a given that if you gave birth to your child and you're on the birth certificate and like you're the mother you don't really need to explain and force people to know that you're the mom like we know you're the mom <laughs> it's pretty clear yeah. that you're the parent um so anyways now if he hadn't said anything to me and we hadn't talked about anything up when that happened now her sabotage would have worked it probably i it, but not only it it, it would have, have worked in challenging a, in a sense but the sabotage would have worked in the sense it would have made me look at you and go okay what's going on here mm -hmm. but not attack you in a way because i always give you an opportunity to you know talk and what's your story and hear right. you so it's not like i would have attacked you but it would have been like okay what's going on here like yeah what, what's, all, what's this? all of this stuff that she's saying over here and it would have you know created some red flags and that would have been that and there's another Fork in the road choice. Either I say yes to all of that or no, that's all not true or say, nope, that's a lie or that's true. And then just be transparent and honest. And I was like, I luckily, like Rachel said, we, I brought up all that stuff. So literally it was, she had, wasn't the first time hearing it. So it was like, okay, just going to repeat the whole cycle again. And that's what happened really. And then it kind of just stopped because there was nothing to say no more. Well, she I had to did. shut it down. And I had, well, finally, I actually, no, I had to tell her that I was going to um, turn her in and put an or a, a harassment order on her, mm -hmm. a protection order because of what she was doing. And I kept asking her nicely to stop. to stop harassing me and leave me alone. But she just kept pressing things and kept just shoving things even deeper and deeper 
to where finally it's like, um, I don't ever want to meet her. So now this is the thing is I've had um, watched many people and know many people that have crazy, um, uh, what should you call it? Uh, exes or whatever. And um, one of my mom's best friends uh, is coming to my mind right at this moment. I'm not going to say her name though, but uh, she, I watched her um, with her new marriage go through kind of something like this and the the stepdaughter's uh, mom is crazy and she's very narcissistic and just um just, um, doesn't know how to communicate very well and uh for um certain reasons you know tra uh, she doesn't go and um ever meet the girl's moms and still has never met the girl's mom and they've been married for 10 years and refuses to meet the girl's moms and it's healthy and it's okay and not only that there's nowhere in the law that states that uh you have to meet the other person um that this uh parent is dating um now, if the person that they're dating is, you know, uh, abusive or, um, you know, just, just not a good person in general, you know, then, you know, all right. But if you have a good track record and a good background and things like that, and you're a good person, then, and you really have no, um, I don't know what threat, but that's also yeah. your own character, detail, uh, your judge of character too. Mm -hmm. So my point is, is that I also had to learn because she was being so aggressive and just like pressing that you got to meet him. And not only that, we hadn't even really been talking about marriage yet. I'd refused to talk about marriage, but his ex was already talking about our marriage. And so that was kind of like, what the heck? Like she, like what the like, kiddo, like what is happening here? Like, I'm not, we're not even talking about marriage yet. And she's over here pressing um, all of these things. And remember we spoke, I brought it up to you before that. I said, hey, she eventually wants to talk to you. And you were kind of like, eh, you know, and I, I, I think maybe it might've, there might've been something if she wouldn't have pressed. There might've yeah. been. But because of the unable to be patient and just let it work itself out, it, you know, she screwed it herself. I'm not. I'm not going down that road again. I've already been down that road with stepdaughters, with two stepmom. You know, two moms, not stepmoms, but two moms. And so I'm like, I'm not not going down that road again. So it just goes back again to if we hadn't been open and honest about things from the beginning, there, there's so many things I can think of right now that um, his ex has tried to do to sabotage things that it could have worked in, you know, little ways and things like that. Um, but it, 
it doesn't. I had to be open with it. Yeah. So so now when we get things thrown at us, if you want to say, then it's more like, all right, okay, what do we got here? And and it's like this team in a sense of um going against, I guess, in a sense, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of funny in this sense too, because it's like she, and it's the same thing with my ex. It's like, they both think that we don't talk. Yeah. And so they think that they can come in and like sabotage things and do certain things or whatever to try to sabotage. And, but at the same time, it, it doesn't work because of how open and honest we are with each other. Right. And I know with yours, I had to place a huge amount of like faith and trust because of the control he had. Right. So like, I really had to like, really, really, really be trustworthy and just know that she, Rachel cares for me and loves me and won't go back to that and won't do that. And there was, there was a couple of trying points, not in my head, just like, dang, okay, like this is getting a little you know, but she would talk to me about it. But the fact that, and, and it was just me processing when she was telling me and she would tell me, Hey, this is what he said, or this is what he's trying to do. And I was just like, okay, you know, uh, it was, it was, it was challenging because I, I knew she had told me that key, that's the key word there told me that, uh, how it was before. So like, I would be thinking like, Hey, if he says to drive or go, is she going to go? But then I'd be like, no, because that's done and she's with me. And, that, and I had to replace that negative thought with a positive thought and then place that faith and trust in there and then just affirm it like, nope, that's what it is. She ain't going to do it. And then what would happen? She would tell me or he's trying to record back or he's trying to establish a connection again or trying to do something. And she was open with me and told me about it. And that's what made it easier for me. And then she would just reaffirm it by more affection, more like um, physical affection, like hugging and holding hands, rubbing my back with her hand, which I like a lot, <laughs> uh, or scratching my neck or something. Just those re reaffirmations of things to say, hey, you know what? That's that's done. That's gone. This is what it is now. And I'm yours. And that's what really helps is if you can reaffirm that with your significant other is if there's something like that, especially after something like that that happens. Do, don't do it in a way where it makes it seem like a chore because the other person can pick that up where it's just like, okay, yeah, let me go rub her hair or let me go rub her leg or something. No, someone can tell when you're doing something, when you, when you're genuine and when you're not, you, you know, people, you can feel it. You just know. And you're just like this, month. what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and then now you're, now you created a whole nother fight that don't even need to be there because now why are you rubbing me? You're not even trying. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Now you're doing that. When really, damn well inside, you're not even trying. It's more of a, let me just do this to buffer it out. But that's, you know, that's where you have to just be genuine, not just do this. It's okay. No, like, be genuine. Be sincere because all those feelings and emotions will pass on to that next person and they'll feel it. You can, you can feel the difference. Just like even like with... Uh, when I'm tired and I try to rub her back, she knows when I'm falling asleep. I try, but she knows you're falling asleep. And I'm like, no. And she's just like, yes, you are. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, she knows though. And she's not even looking at me and she knows because the text, the, the, 
the motion's different, the energy's different, the feeling's different. So you just know, you know that it's different. So be legit and be sincere with it, and then it'll be okay. Well, yeah. And then not only that, um, like it, this has happened before in the past, is like uh, all of a sudden um, your other partner or whatever uh, doesn't agree or doesn't like that you're talking to so and so. And you're trying to be open and honest with them, mm. but then they don't, there's that controlling part and they don't trust, right? So then what happens? You end up sneaking off and you end up going off for extra long drives or extra trip to the store or, you know, got to go do an extra errand, you know, or go to the bathroom or there's always something that you end up going and doing so that you can gauge with the other person so you can talk to them without the other person knowing. So whether this is the, this is the whole point why I was like, we gotta be, I'm gonna just be open and honest with you because two things are gonna happen. Either I don't tell you and I'm not open and honest with you and I'm gonna continue talking and creating, you know, um, a relationship with, a uh, friendship with my ex or, um, we can talk about it and I can be open and honest with you. And then that way it also, uh, keeps me from going further and actually going into something. So then it, it actually prevents you from, uh, maybe cheating eventually down the road. So I was faced with two things. It was either I could keep it quiet and I could have um, kept things shut but then at the same time there's that guilty part that um, what if he saw my phone how would I explain that one and then further time goes the deeper you get and then by that point that's when you know the other person has you've created this insecurity with the other person and like a, tr a distrust and then all of a sudden now, how can they trust what you're saying now when, how long has this been going on for? What are all these conversations? And this has been happening. So then it's just, now it, you've opened up a whole door of losing um, trust and um, it causes problems. So be up in front and talk about it and, you know, respect each other. It's just like finally last week, um, it just finally got to a point where uh, the respect wasn't there on my ex's part and uh, he was overstepping boundaries and um, it wasn't Eric that told me, hey, you can't talk to him anymore. Um, he never once said anything like that. I was the one that made the decision. I was the one that said, this is not how friends treat each other and I can't be a part of this anymore. Um, this is not what friends do. And I'm the one that made the decision, not Eric. He didn't tell me to do anything. And so, you know, on both parts, there it comes to part, you know, points where it can be scary, but trust. And if you can be open and honest and 
vulnerable and talk. And, you know, I'm not saying like you have to splurge it all out on the first date and splurge everything out and things, you know, there's, there's, you know, moments and times as you go and you start talking as, you know, uh, like choreography in a dance, you don't just make a dance all at one time. And there's the piece, like it takes steps. It takes, um, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work to create a piece. And so, you know, it, it takes time to share your story. So it's not just like, you're going to share everything all at one time. And like Eric was saying earlier, you know, sometimes we forget about things and it isn't until later on that, oh yeah, I remember now this happened and da, 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 da. And it's not like you're withholding information from the person or anything, or like not telling them your story. It's just, we forget. And the older we get, we forget. And like with me, I had a stroke, I've had brain traumas. And so I had, and cancer does something to the brain and call it cancer brain where you have short-term memory loss. And I already had short-term memory loss from my car accident when I was 17. And so, and he's had his fair share of brain traumas. So it, it takes patience even more, um, you know, just being patient and, you know, communicating and, um, again, not splurging it all out at one time. That's not what I'm, you know, what we're saying at things, but it's just, it's healthier when you can be able to talk about uh, your past relationships. Um, but at the same time, it takes both sides to make this to work. It's not going to work if only one person's doing it and the other person's not. Um, it's going to, again, you'll create there'll be a separation that will naturally happen because one's trying to grow and the other is not. And you either grow together or you grow apart. So I'm going to leave it with that. You have anything else to say? Yes. Go for it. <laughs> uh, just for one thing, I know if when you were listening, she was talking about her ex and stuff. But one thing I didn't do was, is I didn't pester. I didn't say, did you write? Has he wrote you? As you wrote you, yeah, I knew the situation, and that's where I trusted her to tell me, you know, and it would be on her to tell me because then that would be something she would have to carry for however long she needed to carry it. So I, I, I think, but I one time maybe, I think I may ask you once or twice. Hey, has he wrote you or something? Did he try to get a hold of you? I think I asked you like once or twice. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't. I can't think of a time. So. <laughs> There, that goes to prove that like he really didn't fester uh, over me at all, bug me. Yeah, so it's like that's just one of the things. Like they'll, they, that's then that's where the other person has to make the conscious decision whether either they're, they're gonna hide it, or they're gonna tell. So like there, you have to find a healthy balance. Like it's okay to ask, but don't make it like a a daily thing on your calendar at five o'clock to ask. Hey, did so and so write you? Oh, check. Boom. To do list done. No, just let it come up organically. If it happens, you know, like, or when she was, when we talk about it and if he wrote or something, I'm like, oh, did he write you before this or did he write you after? And it's not like an interrogating question. It's just maybe she, something happened and she's like, oh yeah, he did this other time is because she just forgot to tell me. And I know that she has the memory stuff. So I, I bring it up and it's not like, a, oh, well, you didn't tell me when he wrote. Cause I'm not asking her to tell me right when he does it. Cause I don't do that with her. I'll tell her a little later on. And sometimes just 
when you talk, sometimes the situation at the moment that it's happening is not the right time to say it. You got it like not as it's happening. Like stuff was going on today with me. I didn't say it right, right away. Part of it. Yeah. Because it was in the morning, but there was some engagement later on, but I didn't tell her until later because she was still tired and things. And I know she wouldn't catch it all. So I waited for her to be in that mode to receive information. So then that way it's not, she's not acting off of impulse, you know? So that way she processes it and goes, okay, so it's this. All right, cool. You know, so that way now it's more of a just brush off the shoulder instead of making it a bigger deal when she's not even half here to listen. Well, not only that, that's when I also like, we're able to help you too of like, oh, this is what's happening. Cause you, there's an outside perspective of seeing in. And not only that, I've been through what you're going through in a sense. So it's like, oh, this is what I did. This is, you know, this is the, da, da, da. this is what she's doing. This is what, what's trying to happen. And like things with the kids, I see this all the time and it's messed up where they, you know, gaslight children to turn them against the other parent so that they can have control because they don't want to lose control over anything and they're losing control over the spouse. So if you take control of the kids, then you can somewhat take control over the, you know, your, your ex, and then you can try to control your, the ex and their relationships. And it's a whole control issue. And um, it's really messed up uh, to do that to kids, by the way. Mm -hmm. um it psychologically messes them up um as they become adults and then you just start this whole nother cycle and that's a whole nother topic that um <laughs> we could talk about on a different time so but we gotta get going off here soon too so it was late <laughs> it's 10 20 someone over here said good evening oh, i thought they said good morning damn good i'm morning. tired <laughs> see i'm already tired i gotta go work tomorrow <laughs> All right, you guys. So <laughs> be open about your past. It's okay. It's part of your story. You know, it's it makes us who we are. And if if you don't have your past, then what's your story? Can't change it. Facts are already there. It's already written. You can't. It's not an adventure book. Because when you read adventure books, you're already reading what happened. Turn to page four, turn to page six. Once you turn to page six, you don't know what the hell happened on page four and five because you went to page six. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> damn. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you start getting tired? I'm trying to drink coffee over here, and it's, what, 22, 22 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I have everything on military time over here. So anyways, you guys, uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back uh, on throughout this week. And I'm sure we'll be on about uh, around Christmas time or something. Yeah. But stay tuned this week. We'll be popping on more. We'll see you later. Have a good night. Night. <laughs>